0: Welcome to the C3 Silicon Valley Church Podcast. Senior pastors Adam and Curious Malcolm are so excited to share this message with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3SV, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. Awesome. Come on, let's give God some praise, church. He did it. He did it. And it's exciting to know that God is continuing to do it, Yeah. Happy birthday, church! Excited for this morning. Who's ready for the Word of God? Good. Grab your Bibles real quick. Let's go to two Corinthians chapter five. And um, how many people know that God has been ridiculously good to us? It's unfair. It is way unfair. There is no way we deserve for God to be this good, but He has. And uh, I'm going to share just some of, of of just of God's gratefulness and, and greatness um, today this morning. But I also wanted to acknowledge you, church. This morning because you guys had the, the, the faith to pioneer and I feel like there is an extra blessing when you pioneer you didn't just choose to go to an established church you decided you know what i 'm going to be a little bit uncomfortable i 'm going to do what needs to be done i 'm going to hand out flyers i 'm going to do whatever it takes and you guys partnered with with God and you've partnered with a brand new church plant. so I want you guys to give yourselves an applause this morning because you guys are church planners give yourself some, some praise. And uh, I'm going to be real brief this morning because we've all got a party to get to, which is going to be exciting. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you can see that up on the screen if you don't have a Bible or in the C3SV app. You can open your phones right now. All the notes will be in there. But I feel particularly um, this morning, this, this passage I want to read from, is, is it's Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And, and I, I feel like this little passage particularly kind of char- is characteristic of us, us as a church. Not so much the Corinthian church, but the, the type of people that Paul is writing to, the type of people that Paul is describing, and, and I, I guess ideally wanting the Corinthian church to be. And it says this in, in uh, chapter 5, verse 11, it says, because we understand, in other words, because we get it. We're the people that, that get it. We get what God is doing. We We understand. And because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you reason to be proud of us, so you can give an answer to those who brag about a spectacular ministry rather than a sincere heart. If it seems we are cray-cray, interpretation crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. And since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, not just some people. He died for everyone, not just good people, not just those that deserve it. Come on. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was and raised uh, and was raised for them. How many people already know this is gonna be good this morning? Oh, awesome. I want to preach from a subject that I've entitled Better Together. And I, I would believe that this morning we're gonna discover just how it is that we are better together. Can we pray, church? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we acknowledge that it is you. You're the reason. You're the reason why we gather. You're the reason, Lord, why we, we get to be here twelve months on from the day that we started. And God, we just acknowledge, Lord, it's by your grace. And God, humbly this morning, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. And God, we pray that you would do something today on this day. God, as we start a a new year, as we launch into a brand new year, Lord, would you take what what you established in year one and God, would you build upon it in year two? God, we just say right now, have your way, Jesus. Exceed our greatest expectations. God, increase our vision, increase our dreams. God, would we be the people that dare to believe you want to do more than we could ever dare to ask, think or imagine, so God, I pray that today would be that day, and bless everybody in your mighty name, amen. Quick question just to kind of kick us off, how many, how many married people do we have here? I, I ask uh, because we've just come off the back of our relationship series, Heartbreak Warfare. how many people think that, that series helped them in some way? We were talking about, we're talking about the conflict in relationships, and uh, I like to, to know who's married because you guys get it. All right, Kira and I were talking this week. We are so glad that we're married. It's just marriage is better. And I don't say that to marginalize all the single people. I apologize if you're feeling a little bit marginalized, but, but this is just for the married people. It, we, are, we love being married. And i am going to say that hopefully you love being married. I'm not hearing way too many amens there, but I'm setting you up, guys. But I love being married. And I can remember Kira and I were talking about life before marriage for us was, was pretty dismal. I can remember that before Kira came along, my, my, and I'm talking like kind of when I was a teenager because we got together pretty young, but I can remember some of my weekends were spent with mom and dad looking at, at, at model homes. You know, like the, you know, they build a new estate and then they do a display home. That was like our Saturday adventure. Mom and dad would be like, hey, we've got nothing to do. Let's go and look at a display home. And I'm like, I'm good here. Where I am right now, I'm I'm fine. I've got my Sega Master System. I'm good. But but they'd be like, no, let's do it as a family. And that was like a living hell for me. But I find it fascinating that now I'm married. Man, I love looking at display homes. I drag my kids into display homes right now. You will suffer like I suffered now. But it was, it was fascinating, we are talking about just the other day, Kira preached in our relationship series and she mentioned that she is a fighter more than a lover. And I've got to be honest with you, it was, it was interesting because I, I, can, I can confirm that. And you guys have heard some of the stories before. There was this one time where where Kira and I, we were at a a Carols by Candlelight. In Australia, it's always warm at at Christmas time. So we're outdoors at a Carols by Candlelight and and there was like a bumper crowd. There were so many people and we were all trying to get out. And there was this one particular guy who thought it was hilarious to just kind of walk along then all of a sudden throw himself back on people and knock people over. And I always thought that I'm a bit of a fighter too. You know, If if, if I pick one of the two, I'm a fighter. So I thought, you know what? I've got to teach this guy a lesson. I've just got to take responsibility for the thousands of people here, and I've got to teach this guy a lesson. So I remember strategically positioning myself behind him, and, and as he went to do it, I can remember grabbing him by the collar and then dropping him to the ground. Right? Job done. <laughs> And I remember, and this is not my, my proudest moment, but you know, in the heat of it, sometimes you don't know what's gonna come out. And I remember I remember standing over the top of him, and the only thing that I could think to say was, boom shakalaka. <laughs> I instantly regretted it as it was coming out, but and you know when you kind of half say something and it trails up I'm like boom shakalaka. <laughs> what I didn't do in my haste to teach this guy a lesson, is I didn't consider the fact that he might not be alone. And he jumps up immediately, he's like right up in my face, and then I noticed that he also had five other guys who had a little bit too much eggnog, that were were with him as well. They've all turned around, and they're all up in my face, and I, what are you going to do about it, punk? Boom, shakalaka. And they're like going off at me, and I'm like I, I was literally right there. I wasn't thinking fight on. I wasn't thinking, man, I'm a fighter. I was thinking, how do I how do I just play dead? What do I do? I, I'm going to receive one punch to the jaw. I'm going to I'm going to do a twitch, and then you know, because no one wants to hit a guy twitching, right? I, I was I was ready, but then out of nowhere, jumps from behind me, Kira, the real fighter, to my rescue. Kira steps in between us and she starts shoving these guys back. She's like, man, we are all sick and tired of you. Why don't you get the hell out of here? She starts going off. And, man, and they go, whoa, whoa, settle down, lady. And they're like freaking out. And they're like, we're just having some fun. And they just start walking off. Literally, everyone is standing around in a circle at this point and they just start applauding. I'm looking there just and I look at Kira and I just say, you complete me. I was like, my hero. But then I was confused. I'm like, what, I'm a lover? <laughs> Darn it. But I knew from that day, we're better together. I have got a wife who's going to fight my battles for me. Come on, listen, I married up, people. But how many people know we're better together? There is just something about being together that makes you better. And God has proven this to us as a church over the last 12 months, that God in all his wisdom, God in all his grace, I'll be honest with you, we had no idea how God is going to build this church. We still don't. That's the truth. I don't know. I mean, there's some days where I'm just like, babe, do you reckon people turn up today? She's like, I don't know. People turn up. Because we know that it's not by our merit, it's not by our design, it's by God's design that God draws, that God adds, that God fits together. And the truth is, here's the truth. God is specific about his plans. I don't believe for one second that it is by any accident that you find yourself in the house of God. It's it's not coincidence. God's plan is that God fits together, that he adds. And I love it. And that's what we've seen over the last 12 months. And and I believe that today we're going to kind of discover how God has designed it that you being here makes us better. How many people want to know that? When you grab your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 5. Turn over to Luke chapter 5. We're going to kind of take a look at this this morning, this passage. And uh, I want to look at it from the context of really what God has in store for us. I've been really looking forward to preaching from this, this passage for quite some time, but I've been holding it off uh, for today. So, so let's go for it. And I, um, I actually believe that this... This particular passage is a word from God for us as a church at this juncture, at this this transition. As we're kind of closing the chapter on year one, we're kind of opening a new chapter into year two, uh, of really a book of which Jesus is the author. Because how many people know that he's the author and the finisher of our faith? So we're kind of just in this this story that Jesus is outlining, that he's, he's kind of planned. And this is a really great great passage. It's Luke chapter 5 verse 1. It says this, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. It says in verse 2, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. I want to pause there for a moment. Here we've got, let me say this thing, Jesus is, his ministry is growing in influence. He, he, he's preaching all over the place, he's teaching all over the place, he's, there's, there's miracles happening, there's, 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 just this, there's this atmosphere around Jesus and great crowds are swelling, they're, they're, they're following him and they're pressing against him and here we've got Jesus at the, the shore, right on the shoreline and it says that he, 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 looks to, he looks around and he sees two boats that are empty because, because the disciples, they're, they're, they're washing their nets. And I love this because I I have to say that nothing really grabs the attention of Jesus more than faith and availability. Jesus always commended people for their faith. He was always saying, man, not not such great a faith have I seen in in all of Jerusalem. It's, It's like he said, your faith has made you well. Faith really grabs the attention of Jesus. But sometimes when there isn't faith, availability will do. If you can just find availability, if you can find yourself present, if you can make yourself present, that will grab the attention of Jesus. And here we've got these guys, they were fishermen, they weren't just like hobby fishermen, This was, they were commercial fishermen, this was their life. And so they've got their boats there on the shore and what they've done really in essence is they've made their life available for God. And i got to tell you that Jesus wants inside your boat this morning. What is your boat? Your, your boat is, is what's precious to you. Your boat is kind of where your heart is. It's that space. It's that, it's that thing that you can offer God and say, God, here's my boat. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And, and because they were fish, commercial fishermen, their, their boat was their livelihood. This is their finances. But God was after their heart. God was after their boat. God was after their heart. He wanted to get into their world. And I love this. Because I, often when, when we talk about the plans and the purpose of God for your life, I feel like there is a, a misconception that God needs me. i gotta, I got to tell you, and I'm not, I'm, this is going to be one of those messages going to hurt before it heals, but I hate to burst your bubble this morning, but God doesn't need you. i just going to let that just simmer for a bit. God doesn't need you to fulfill His plans. God didn't need Simon Peter's boat to walk out in the water because as we look in Matthew chapter 15, we know God can, Jesus can walk on water. So if he wanted to get out in the water, he could just walk out, but he didn't need his boat, he wanted his boat. Are we here, church? Jesus didn't... So much need his boat. And this is the problem when we think that God needs me. We are the ones that hold all the power. That I'm going to hold all the plans and, and, and the purposes of God. I'm going, to, I'm going to hold all the plans of heaven for, for the Silicon Valley. I know God has great plans for Stanford. I know God has great plans for the Tech Valley. But but you know what? I, I, just, I just got to say that I'm going to, I'm going to wait until I really hear a word from God and that all of heaven's plans are in limbo because of you. Please don't hit, think so highly of yourself. Because i got to say, God is able to walk out on water right past your unavailable boat and get in somebody else's available available boat. Come on, somebody praise Jesus this morning. I, I don't know where you are, but I'm preaching this morning. Jesus is able to walk on water, so he doesn't need the boat. If he wants to get out there, he will get out there. But so gracious is our Jesus that he will choose to allow you to be a part of the journey to bring salvation, his plan, his purpose to the entire planet. And if you are unwilling, he is more than able to get out there on the water, start treading across the water. He comes across your boat. You're unavailable. That's fine. Hello, I'll go past you. I'm going to get into the very boat that is available, that does want to be a part of a miracle, that does want to be a part of seeing something powerful happen and live beyond themselves. So, Jesus, and I love this, it says in in verse verse 3 that he noticed the boats. And stepping in, in stepping in, he asked them, can I, can I just say something? Jesus wants to get in your world. If you make yourself available, then God will step in. We don't have to go through a procedure where we, where we beg God to, to come into our world. Jesus wants to move in our world more than we want him to move in our world. And I love the way that it's it's structured here that that' stepping into the boat, then he asks them to to push out that there is a, a, there is a a nature of God that he wants to invade your space there is this this characteristic of God where he he 's kind of up close. you know those people that don 't know personal space they're just too close that 's Jesus, okay. Jesus is up in your grill. He's, he's like, man, I'm, I'm up. Come on, like, I'm here. Let's. He, he, he's not a respecter of space. He will get uncomfortable with you because he wants to. He wants to motivate you. He wants you to live beyond yourself. He's thinking, come on, this comfortable life. I mean, that's good for some people, but not for you. I want to be in your world. Come on, I want to stir you up a little bit. I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to come in. If you just let me, if you have an available boat, and I believe that today, today if anything, is about recognizing that as a church, we have brought boats and left them at the shore. That if we've done anything, all we've done is we've left our boats on the shoreline and we've made them available to Jesus. And what Jesus has done is he's got into our boat. That's why we're seeing anything. And it says that he got into their boat and he said, set out a little. You know, this October... We are, we, are kind of, we are launching into our very first uh, Vision Builders campaign, and we're going to be taking up a Vision Builders offering. And i am going to tell you that God doesn't need your finances to fulfill the vision of this church. God doesn't need your gifts to fulfill the vision. God is way bigger than your finances. God is way bigger than your gifts. But God wants to get into your space to allow you to be a part of his plan so that in the process you can see a miracle in and through your life as you partner with God's plan. Are we here? Are we getting this? And I, I think of what God's done in the, in the life of this church in the last 12 months. And as we kind of look at availability, we, we look at as we kind of made our poets available and we set out Just a little. What we have seen God do is is nothing short of a miracle. When we kind of launched just over 12 months ago, we really had a team of about about 35 people. And we have seen, and we we confirmed the statistics this week, that we have seen over 193 decisions in the last 12 months. that's, That's 193 people that... If we hadn't had the faith to step out and make our boat available, that would still be lost. But we made our boats available and God used us. Yeah. I, I'm blown away that from, from 35 team members thereabouts to, to now over 260 people who call C3 Church their home church. And we're pretty tough. I'll be honest with you, we're pretty tough. If, if you don't come... Every four weeks, then we don't consider you kind of part of the family. We just guess you're eating at somebody else's table, and that's cool. But eat their food and eat there and sow there. But we consider if you, if you come to the house, this is your house, let's eat together. Let's be family. So we're, we're pretty tough on that. So we're not fighting, but that's to that's the glory of God, that God is setting a platform. And, and I love it that we have over the last twelve months by the, by by just making our boats available that we've seen over twenty five kids released from poverty through compassion in, in addition to that, and I would be applauding, but you don't have to but but in addition to that, as a church plant, and when I say church plant, that means you need resources because you can't survive on your own. but as a church plant with financially Supported to other church plants. It's ludicrous. You saw from C3 Brazil and another church in Brooklyn that we're supporting this. It's breaking the rules. But I just feel God wants to break some rules. I feel God really wants to, to change some stuff up. And you know what? We have we're also partnering with an incredible church planning network in the Bay Area. And uh, not to mention Stanford, the impact we're having there. But, but this is just comes from making a boat available, church. By you making your boat available. And this is what I feel is the word of God for our church right now. God said this, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Go out where it is deeper. What, is, what does deeper mean? Deeper means where I really feel that God is taking us to a place where it's, it's no way is it in our strength. It's going to be by his mind that he is going to be glorified. It's, not, it's going to require faith. It's going to require stretch. It's going to require a confidence. But the deep talks about Influence. The deep talks about fruitfulness. The deep talks about lives being transformed and God doing an exponential work. If, if God could do uh, those miraculous things in the shallows, imagine what God can do in the deep. Imagine the, the, the influence. And, and, and I love this because this is God calling. Come on, now that, now that you've made your boat available, push out a little bit. Let me, let me give you a taste of what, what I want to do. Let me give you a glimpse. Let me kind of get your bearings and now push out deeper. And I feel that's the word for us as a church, that God is calling us to go deeper, go beyond our ability. And God wants to do some incredible things through the life of this church. I mean, we're already stretching. We've we we are we've got some big plans. And I love this in what I read earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Let's go back there. It says, Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Here's Paul's understanding that his experience of grace produced, produced a drive that was the driving force of his life. It motivated him. His experience of God's grace is the very thing that said, man, other people need to know this. And because I've experienced it, I'm not going to just leave my, my boat, I'm going to make my boat available so that, so that I live for Jesus, that my life is going to exist to persuade others of the, uh, would you just taste God? Would you just try, God? Would you just experience, just open up your heart? Let me persuade you however I can to to just give God a go because I know when you make your boat available, God will step in and he will transform your life. That he will set you on a course where you live for a calling so much higher and so much bigger than you ever realized possible. Because we understand, because we've experienced, God knows we are sincere and I, I hope you know this too. He says, are we commending ourselves again? No, we're we're giving you a really good reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Verse 13, if it seems crazy, it is to bring glory to God. You know what I I feel? There are some things that we do that might seem crazy to people. You know, 193 decisions in in year one that that could seem crazy. But I tell you that what deeper is, deeper is seeing 193 decisions in one Sunday. That's, that's the deeper I know that God is calling to. Because it's all about influence, people. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've got this yet. You might be new today. We're all about influence. We're all about seeing lives transformed. That's the mission of this house. To see people come into this understanding that, that Jesus loves them, that he wants to be in a relationship with them. So for me, it's about, about going deeper in that. It's all about giving God our best. And i got to tell you, we don't have four big Sundays a year. We don't do the four big Sundays. We have 52 big Sundays. Because every single Sunday is an opportunity for someone to encounter Christ. Every single Sunday we bring our best, saying, God, let this be an opportunity for someone to experience what we've experienced. Are we here? Because we count it a privilege that we get to be in the grace of God, that he gets to use us. And I, I feel I need to tell you that you need to get ready for year two, because if you think year one was crazy, year two is, is going to be a stretch. And I feel that uh, some of the things that we've got on the horizon, even in October, at the end of October, is we are planning to go to two services as a church. I, I, I say that just to kind of give you fair warning that it's going to be a stretch, there's going to be uncomfortable. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be uh, everyone stepping up, and we need we need more stretching. We we need more boots to make that happen. To be honest with you, we're also uh, at the end of August. We're actually recording a live album, which is going to be awesome here at the JCC on Vision Sunday. Uh, beyond that, we're getting really serious. Like we're getting really serious with Stanford Outreach. Uh, I'm telling you, we just just by I guess fumbling over it really, we saw that it was over 30 decisions just from Stanford University last year, and that was like almost by accident. Imagine what we do when we get serious for God, and we are actually planning a, st- a specific college service for Stanford, which is going to be awesome. Our C3 Kids Ministry, we are, they are, they are bringing, introducing worship into C3 Kids Ministry, because we don't believe that kids ministry is a tack-on to main church. We actually believe that that's where we're developing the, the leaders, that we're developing and we're growing young men, young women that are, that are going to change their world. We are also sending teams into Brazil uh, to be with Pastor Fabio and the, and the C3 Santos guys. And uh, we're just mobilizing people because we want to just send out that net. We want to stretch out. We want to go into the deep. I'm talking deep water church. I gotta tell you our aim because I don't know if you're getting it. Our aim is nothing short than changing the world. That's our goal. We want. To change the world because that's what the mission that God has put us on. That that, come on, if my life will be used for anything, it will be to have an influence. It will be to make an impact. That I can get to to the end of my life and I can say, God, I did something. My boat was available. You used my boat. You filled my boat. God, my plan is that you stretch my boat to a greater capacity. Use me to more capacity, God. That's got to be our prayer. So we're pushing out into deep water. And it says, if we're of our right minds in 2 Corinthians, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. I love that. Since says, we believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You know, we, the motivation is because we know when you discover a relationship with Jesus... That's when you really discover great purpose. And today I really feel that we need to make some boats available. Are we here? I feel like we need to make some boats available. Because what we've got to understand, and this is what we temper everything with, we understand the more boats we make available, the more influence that we have. That means that the further the kingdom of God extends, and when we make a, a boat available, and I've got to say this, that, that one of us is never as good as all of us. I don't know if you understand that statement, but as gifted as you might be, as, as gifted or as charismatic or as energetic or as skillful as you might be, one of us is never as good as all of us. That the influence that we can have when, when all of us park our, our boats on the shore, when all of us kind of bring it up and say, God, there it is. Ha, ha, whatever you want to do, I, I, I don't know what I can do, I don't know how to pray, I don't know how to serve, but I do know how to make my boat available. Because there was no, no predisposition uh, to, to actually making your boat available. It was just on the shore. We've just got to have this ability to bring our boats on the shore and say, you know what, I know that when I bring my boat on the shore, when you bring your boat on the shore, when we make ourselves available, we are so much better together because the influence is, is magnified. The influence is increased. And you know what? My heart is that we, and we, we said this from day one, our goal, and our, it's a crazy goal, but our goal is to mobilize every single member. I don't know if that's ever been done before, but I'm not going to rest until we do it. Because I'm not happy with people just attending. I'm not happy with people parking their boat and occupying their boat. The whole idea is park your boat, get out of your boat so Jesus can get in. And that we believe that when we park our boats together, that we are better together because together we get to see God do miraculous things. That as God does something powerful through this church, you get to be a part of the miracle in your own life. I'm talking about when you come and you make your, your finances available. It's crazy that, that God will use those finances, but in the meantime, He will do a work in your life where He prospers you, where He blesses you. He's like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna use that in service for me. Watch what I can do in your life at the same time. And this is what God This is why we want to do it together as a church. This is why we're better together. And I believe as God is looking for some. Boats, I'm going to close with this. It says this in uh, verse 5. I'll get the keyboard back. Master, Simon replied, we, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. This is in response to going out deeper. And he says, we didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon the boat, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. It says this in verse 8, When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, "Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to, to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. I'm ready to be awestruck, church. I'm ready to stand back and say, God, you are incredible. Just to be awestruck that God would just use us to do such incredible, monumental, influential things. For they were awestruck by the number of fish they caught as as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I want to, just in these closing moments, I want to just make available an opportunity for you to say, God, let, let today be the day where I make my boat available. I want to do two things. Firstly, I want to give some people an opportunity this morning and I know there's a whole bunch of people here that you haven't made this decision yet but I want to give you the opportunity to say, God, I, I want you in my life. God, I want to be a follower of you. I want to discover the very plan and the very purpose that you have for my life. So I wonder right now just in this brief moment if everyone could just close their Bibles and close your eyes and I just want to make a moment which is kind of special between you and God. So if that's you, just Everyone just close your eyes all across this place. And I'm just going to ask that you just consider right now where you're at with God. That here is an opportunity to say, yeah, you know what, I've, I've tried doing life on my own. I've, I've worked hard and just maybe it's not really where you expected your life to be. Or maybe you kind of can see that there is an opportunity that just maybe God could reveal a a greater purpose and a greater plan, the, the very reason for being, the very reason that you were here. And I want to give people all over this place an opportunity just to acknowledge that, yeah, that's me today. I, I'm going to acknowledge that I need Jesus, that I want this to be the day where I ask Jesus into my life and I begin to discover, as Paul said, we get it. I want to be one of those people that get it. I want to understand what it is to have the power of God in my life, to have the purpose of God in my life. So if that's you right across this place and you're saying, yeah, pastor, I want, I want you to pray for me today. I want to acknowledge you. I need Jesus. Could you do something for me? Could you just give me a little wave? Just maybe eyeball me. Give me a little wave. Yeah, fantastic. My goodness. Fantastic. Fantastic. Who else? Just say, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Down the front there. Say, yeah, pastor, pray with me. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust you heard from God and that you're more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the Bay Area, we'd love for you to come and attend a service. For more information about C3SV, please visit www.c3sv.